Good morning, Platt Park Church. It is wonderful to be with you on this first Sunday of Advent. And when you hear me say that, you may have the same reaction as my four-year-old son, Jack, did when I told him what I was going to be preaching on this morning. He replied, what event? And you may also have the same gifting that Jack has, which is the truly unique ability to hear something that is totally different than what the person said and be completely and utterly convinced that it is the right thing. Um, this gifting really manifests itself in song lyrics. So we listen to a lot of classic rock around our house. And one day we're listening to the song American Pie. And there's a line in there where he says, with a pink carnation and a pickup truck. So we hear this line and Jack whips around and goes, Mommy, why did he say a pink carnation with a chicken butt? <laughs> so first of all, our kids are two and four. We're not saying butt in our home yet. So I think he just wanted to say that. And two, there's a lot of, I mean, you know the song, right? There's a lot of weird stuff happening in there. But I don't think a pink carnation and a chicken butt is one of them. So I tell my family this later that day, and my brother responds, are you serious? Because I've literally always heard chicken butt in that song. <laughs> so I don't know. I think he comes by this really naturally. So we're working a lot on context clues. Like, does this make sense with what you've heard? And, I mean, we're still working. Got a long way to go. He still convinced us of chicken butt in that song. So I tell you this because this happens to us all the time in our life with God, where something's communicated by God to us, either by God personally to us or in Scripture or in the church, and what we hear is something totally different than what God said, and we just run in that direction. And Advent is a perfect example of this, because what many of us hear when we hear the word Advent is countdown to Christmas, like a little pregame party where we're getting ready for the main event, but like Christmas is really the thing, and Advent's just also kind of there. And, or a lot of times I see this with the church too, where we make it, Advent's a way to make the commercialized Christmas a little more spiritual, but we don't miss out on the gifts because we're also really good for the gifts too. And I don't know where or when we got off the track with this because historically Advent wasn't at all connected to Christmas until the Middle Ages. Before then it was entirely focused on the second coming of Christ and glory. And I personally want to blame Advent calendar manufacturers because I feel like they literally have made this into a countdown to Christmas. But honestly, I think a lot of what happened here is we've taken Advent out of context. And the context that Advent belongs in is the liturgical church calendar, this rhythm of prayer and worship and scripture that Christians for centuries have followed all around the world where we observe seasons like Advent, like Christmas, like Epiphany, like Lent, like Easter, like Pentecost, like Ordinary Time. Guess we ran out of cool names by the time Ordinary Time came around. But what this rhythm does is it reminds us every season, every Sunday, every day of what's true, of what's true about God, about ourselves, about each other, and about our world. And we, we need this. This matters because we are a super forgetful people. Scripture is really clear about this. We are continually forgetting what's true. 
And this rhythm forms us into people who not just believe God's promises in our minds, but who live into them in our hearts and in our lives. So a bit of background on Advent. Advent actually begins the liturgical Christian year. So today is our new year. This is the very first Sunday of the Christian year. Advent lasts for four Sundays up until Christmas, and it gets its name from the Latin word meaning to come, because we celebrate, like Tim said, the first coming of Christ at Christmas, and also the second coming of Christ in glory. And like all of scripture, Advent operates on these multiple levels all at the same time, right? So we are invited to look back historically at Jesus' coming and prepare our hearts for Christmas. That is a piece of Advent. It's just not the whole thing. Because Advent's also pushing us to look forward to the coming of Christ at the end of days, to this cosmic Christ who will come again in glory. And we orient ourselves as a people who are defined by our hope in what God is going to do. And the heart of Advent is about God's kingdom. The heart of Advent is about the kingdom of God. And Richard Rohr is this Franciscan priest who jokes that he thinks it's totally unfair, the pressure that preachers are under today, to come up with continually new and exciting sermon content, when basically Jesus always said the same thing, which was that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And this is what it's like. The kingdom of heaven is here, and this is what it's like. And it was honestly, it's this constant kingdom talk that gets Jesus killed. Because the Jews that Jesus came to are a people who were defined by their waiting for God's kingdom to come. These are a people who are waiting for God to come rescue them, to come bring them back into their land and for God to rule instead of Caesar. These are a people who have had centuries of oppression from empire, first Assyria and then Babylon and then Greece and now Rome. They are waiting for God to come and establish God's kingdom and rule on earth as it is in heaven. And the Bible itself is a story of God's kingdom. Genesis opens by showing us what life in the kingdom of God is like. It's abundance. It's provision. It's connection. It's safety. We live completely seen, utterly known, and unconditionally loved. We are in total harmony with God and with ourselves and with each other and with every living thing that God has created in the kingdom. And it is very, very good. And then we see how sin enters the picture and breaks this experience of life in the kingdom. And when humanity is exiled out of the garden, That is our exit from this experience of life in the kingdom of God that we're meant to live in. And then we see in the historical books how Israel continues to desire this king. We see in books like 1 and 2 Kings, 1 and 2 Chronicles, the complicated relationship that Israel has with the king. And how this complicated relationship eventually leads them into exile from their actual land that God gives them. We see the agonizing longing that Israel has to return to the kingdom. And we share in that longing metaphorically here. 
And the famous Advent hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, gives such haunting melody and language to this. Come and ransom captive Israel, who mourns in lonely exile here, until the Son of God appears. And the Son of God is that Messiah, the Savior that the Old Testament prophets talk over and over and over about. The Messiah who is coming to establish God's kingdom here on earth. And we see this in Isaiah chapter 9 that we quote all the time this time of year. So if you have a Bible, open with me to Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, where the prophet writes, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. This is kingdom talk right here. This is full of royal language. We've got Prince of Peace. We've got a wonderful counselor who is not just someone wise that you pay a copay to every couple of weeks to give you life advice. That's a ruler. That's somebody who enacts a kingdom reign. And the expectation is that God's Messiah is going to inaugurate God's kingdom reign and that all things will be made right under God's rule. He will uphold David's throne with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever, on earth as it is in heaven. And this is the narrative that the Israelites have been steeped in for centuries when Jesus comes on the scene. So you can imagine that there was some confusion that led to disillusionment, that became frustration, that evolved into hostility, that ended up in that raging bloodlust when Jesus applied passages like this and positioned himself as the Messiah. Because these people are looking around and saying, hold on. Last I checked, we are still oppressed here. We don't have control of our land back. We're still paying these outrageous taxes. The Roman military still occupies us and Caesar is still on the throne. You are not doing any of the things that we thought the Messiah said he was going to do in the way that we thought he was going to do it. So they say, who do you think you are, Jesus? How dare you come into our house and use this language of this person that we are waiting and hoping and longing for when you're not doing any of the things in the way that the Messiah we think is going to do them? And this is exactly the context that Advent starts our year off with. Advent reminds us of the truth that Jesus is the Messiah, who is inaugurating God's kingdom reign here. We just have a completely different perspective on the timing of it all. And it's the kingdom lens of Advent that allows us to look back at the historical events of Christmas and Jesus' coming 2,000 years ago as the beginning of the redemptive process of God's kingdom coming to bear here on earth, of God's kingdom being restored. 
And that allows us, when Christmas does come, to experience the birth of Jesus, not as this nice little story that we dust off every December as we decorate and buy gifts and get caught up in the craziness of all of it, but as this completely unexpected plot twist where the God of the universe chooses to enter into our very broken human story. That the rescuer would come to the exiled, and that's how the kingdom becomes inaugurated. And it's this kingdom lens that also allows us to look forward to the good ending of this good story that God's writing. To the ending where Christ will come again in glory and bring God's kingdom into its fullness. Where all of the beautiful revelation promises that we read about God wiping every tear from our eyes or making all things new or that we once again will dwell in the city of God, that Jesus is going to make that happen too. And that we are a people defined by our hope in that. And it's the tension between those two truths that our rescuer has come, and yet the rescue operation is not fully complete, that we need to give us the perspective to clearly see our current moment in history, which is this time in between. Scholars call what we're living in the already but not yet. It's a world where God's kingdom has broken in. It's not yet in its fullness. And it is continuing to come, continuing to break in, even here and even now. And that happens through our lives. The continual coming of God's kingdom, God's breaking into the world comes through you and it comes through me as we become more and more the people that God has created us to be. And part of the paradox of Advent, part of this continual both and tension that we're holding, is that the coming kingdom is this big cosmic event. And it is also a deeply intimate and personal reality. It's both of those things at the same time. Because the reality is God's kingdom is not just, again, this truth that we believe in our minds, this intellectual thing that we assent to. It's a reality that we receive with our lives. And I need you to hear this. Because what Advent is asking us to prepare for, and this is a season of preparation, Advent is asking us to prepare not to just remember a sweet baby in a manger, but to receive Christ as our king. To surrender and submit to God as a king. To open ourselves up to God's kingdom coming in us. in our own hearts, and in our own lives. That's what we're being invited into in the season we're in. And going back to the importance of context, the reality of God's kingdom, the truth of God as our king, and the personal surrender to God in that role is not a natural move for us as Americans. 
don't have great connotations of kings. And we're deeply formed by the ideals of independence and democracy and manifest destiny and pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps. And none of those things are bad in and of themselves, but they're important to recognize and to hold as we enter into this conversation. And my hope for you is that Advent is a conversation. That the next few weeks you are in a continual dialogue with God around these things. Where you can ask, am I willing to receive you as a king? Do I even see you as a king? What does that mean? Am I open to surrendering to you? Am I open to submitting to you? Do I trust you in that way? Advent is about God's kingdom coming, and I want you to talk with God about what you believe about God's kingdom. What do you picture when you picture the kingdom? I had a professor in seminary who would joke, not that in, in not a great funny way, about how most Christians walk around with this real low-key and secretive dread of heaven and that nobody wants to say it, but that we don't have a vision of heaven, and so we think that it's going to be this, like, perpetual band practice where the angels are like, Lord, I lift your name on high one more time, and everybody's like, no more times. Like, we don't want any more times. Do I have a vision for the kingdom? And is it good? Because if it's not good, it's not of God. If you think God's kingdom is here to subjugate you, it's not of God. And it's not God. And ultimately, the conversation that you're invited into in Advent is this. Lord, how is your kingdom coming to bear in me, in my heart, and in my life? And I'm not here to answer these questions for you, as if anybody could. I'm here to encourage you to bring these into an honest conversation with him. That's what prayer is. It's an honest conversation with the God who is already waiting for us. In the same way that we are waiting for God to come, God is waiting for us. And we have this beautiful invitation for the next few weeks to talk about these things with him, to examine ourselves and our ideas about the kingdom and what God is like, and to allow God to reorient us into the story of a good God who is bringing a good kingdom to bear, and that this kingdom includes us. It includes our hearts, our minds, our souls, our bodies, our lives, we are a part of God's kingdom continuing to come to bear. May it be so for us in this Advent season and as we go on through the rest of Advent. Would you pray with me? Holy Trinity, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of this day. We thank you for the liturgical calendar. Thank you for this season of Advent and the reminder of who you are. God, that you are a rescuer who comes to us in this way. You are a Messiah who is bringing God's kingdom back. Lord, we ache for the fulfillment of this kingdom. We ache for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
And as we wait, Lord, as we mourn in lonely exile here, would you remind us of the truth that your kingdom is continually breaking in through us, through the lives of your people here. We are your hands and your feet, Lord. Help us to be willing to receive you as our king and to become more and more the people that you have created us to be. I pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.